you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. I want to start with this. I just want to thank Lane Kiffin. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> I want to thank Lane Kiffin. I personally want to shake his hand and thank him. And no, I'm not like an autograph seeker, and I'm not one of these people that, hey, I want to bump into somebody so I can take a selfie and prove to all my friends that I go to cool places. Nope, that's not it. Uh, the only reason I want to thank Lane Kiffin today for something is because I just saw a quote of his, and he's a truth teller. Okay, say what you want. And I think it is ironic, okay, that the same Lane Kiffin that Al Davis, when he was still alive and the owner of the Raiders, and Lane Kiffin was his young head coach of the Raiders, and they fired him, and, and Al Davis accused Lane Kiffin of being a pathological liar, and that's quoting him. I do think it's ironic that now he seems to be, that at least on the subject of pay-for-play, Lane Kiffin seems to be really the one head coach out there who's just a straight-up truth-teller. <laughs> okay? More on that in just a bit. Welcome into the show on this Monday. Uh, wait, it's not Monday. It's Thursday. I have no earthly idea why I began to say Monday. But I have been rushed a little bit. But here we go on a Thursday. Let me be clear. This is a Thursday. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. I'm here. You're here, thank goodness. Thank goodness Beaver's here. You can be a part of the show by calling us, and you'll talk to Beaver first. If you call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, you are a Kubota dealer. The number to call, 995-1059. That's a 601 number. If you're ever watching the live stream, get the live stream up and going again on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, any of those places you can catch the show live in the middle of the day, and then there's a replay uh, that goes on at night. But you can catch it there. And if you look, you'll see at the bottom the numbers. So if you're ever watching and you want to uh, call or text uh, you, from the live stream, you've got the numbers right there. Check them out, and I'll, I'll repeat those. And we'll come to your texts coming up in just a bit on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage, on grocery store shelves. That number to text, 885-3776. So get those, get those on in here. Yep. You know who else is a truth teller? That'd be Beaver. Hey, B. Hey, Matt White. You strike me as the kind of person... Who you don't rush. We can't we can't hurry you up. Like you got a certain pace that is very efficient. People aren't going to be rushing you, are they? Well, I don't I don't guess. I can be rushed. I've just never be rushed. I've never seen you like in a hurry, like hurried. I've never seen you that way. Well, the only really time that's presented itself is if there's like a 45 seconds before the show starts, and I realize, oh, my yeah. headphones are in the production room. I gotta <laughs> run across the building. Yeah, then okay. I'll rush. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Like there's a hard break coming, and then you'll have to hurry, but you're not hurried. But I still think you, you strike me as one of those kind of people who your feet could be moving fast, 
but internally, your internal rhythm and heartbeat is still pretty consistent. Like, you don't get revved up. Oh, I can get revved up. <laughs> well, you mean every now and then we get a ranty beaver? Ranty beaver? Some, uh, sometimes. Occasionally, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I was hurried today. I'll be honest with you. You know, by and large and in general. I think it is one of the reasons that as a young person I played the quarterback position in football is because it, it was hard to get me flustered and kind of like my feet could move fast, but on the inside I was pretty relaxed. <laughs> it's hard to get me in a hurry. But I don't know, man. Every now and then, I'm like you, every now and then, and today was one of those. I looked up, and I had a lot to do before the show began, and I had like 10 minutes, and that was not enough time. So I think my heartbeat was up a little bit as the show began, and it led to an early mistake. I called Thursday, Monday. So there's a lesson for you young athletes out there is you got to get to a point where even though you're physically you're moving real fast and real quick, on the inside mentally, your internal rhythm, your heartbeat, it's got to be real smooth so you can think clearly and you don't make mistakes. Because when you get hurried, you get sped up, that's when you make mistakes. Like, for instance, thinking Thursday is Monday. Welcome in. <laughs> this Thursday show. Yeah, you can also get your comments in. Drop them in here if you're watching on the uh, live stream. Hey to y'all. Hey to y'all online, all the way across the ocean. Sven is in Germany. Gave us a hail state. My man RLD is back. One of our favorite Bama fans here on the show. And he commented on YouTube and said, back to Sven, uh, a big roll tide. But it's friendly. Y'all will find this funny. Okay, I have a friend here in North Mississippi who I've known for 20 plus years. And he's a big Alabama fan, always has a, been a big Alabama fan. Well, he's got two kids that right here at about, they're not twins, but right here at about the same time, they both have entered college here over the last couple of years, and they both are now students enrolled at Mississippi State. And he sent me, my friend Guy, he sent me a text just a little bit ago, and he, he's a Bama fan. And he said, hey, when Alabama plays Mississippi State, which team do you pull for, State or Alabama? <laughs> I text him back, hang on, I'm going to send you Paul Feinbaum's number. <laughs> but he sent back, you know, both my kids are at State and I'm having a hard time converting. And now the reality is some might argue that you don't have, if, you, if you're, you can pull for State and Alabama at the same time, some would argue because Alabama, from a football perspective, is in a whole different realm than what state is it. Uh, you know, a Alabama is one of those teams on the other side of the Grand Canyon in terms of roster and recruiting and budget and, and everything. They're over there on the other side of the Grand Canyon with Georgia and Ohio State, and that's really about it. Uh, maybe another one every now and then. LSU takes a trip across the Grand Canyon, and sometimes they come back to us. But those others are over there. So that, that was the joke anyway. All right, listen, know that. I will start this, and you might have seen the title on the live stream, but I'm going to start this by saying there's a reason that that statement on the title of the live stream says, how can you not like Sam Pittman? Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas, he was one of the guys who made the, the rounds yesterday at SEC Media Days. And uh, really, when you hear Sam Pittman talk, whether it's talking about himself or his players or his team, when you hear Sam Pittman talk, 
How can you not like him? And I'm going to give you some more reasons to like him with some of the things that he said. And and he's an offensive line coach. He's a head coach. Likes a physical style of football. All that kind of stuff. I just like the guy. Okay. And part of it is, yeah, he paid State a compliment yesterday, but I'll get to that. So I am getting to it. But even though that's in the title, and I intended to talk about Sam Pittman first and play that sound clip for you first, it's not necessarily working out that way because right before the show began, just before the show began, I looked over here on a list, a college football Twitter list uh, that I made and have access to, and uh, there is a prominent quote from Lane Kiffin. Now, you know that today is the final day of SEC Media Days over in Nashville. I keep wanting to say Hoover, you know, but it's not Hoover. It's, it's Nashville this year, and they're going to Dallas next year. Today's the final day, Thursday, and today is Ole Miss's day and Lane Kiffin's day. And apparently he said this, and I didn't see it live. I'm only reading the quote. But it's being reported an hour ago by On3 Sports. Lane Kiffin says college football is a professional sport. Quote, I used to say they should be employees so they can have real contracts. But there are way more issues. He says that solves the problem, but then it opens up five or ten more. See? Okay, that's what I meant. Lane Kiffin's a truth teller. He has done it in the past. I probably have, we probably have forgotten and didn't give him enough credit for that. Um, why don't more coaches do that? Will you, will you ever hear someone like, for instance, will you ever hear a Hugh Freeze at Auburn say, college football is a professional sport, and I used to say that the players should be employees so they can have real contracts, but dot, dot, dot. You ever going to hear Freeze say that? No. Now, you would have probably heard Mike Leach say something like that, or, but he'd choose some, a little bit more roundabout, fun way to get to that point. Lane Kiffin just come right out and say it. Look, man, college football is a pro sport. I started out saying they ought to have contracts and be employees, but that way opens up even way more issues. And, and we know this. We know what issues he's talking about, right? One of the major issues is you make college football players employees say bye-bye to Olympic sports on college campuses. Wave bye-bye. It ain't happening. You make college athletes employees say goodbye to women's basketball in a lot of places. A lot of women's sports and some men's sports say bye. Won't have them. So, and, and that's just one of the issues. And, and when you do that, make them employees, you say goodbye to those different sports because you just can't. You're not going to fund them as employees anymore. Uh, not with your revenue and your money going to your football roster as 85, if it, stayed, if it stayed at 85. Then what is one of the legal issues that pops up? Title IX, right? Because that's a federal mandate. Title IX is a federal mandate. And you go, oh, well, listen, though. If you make the football players employees and not scholarship athletes, well, then you don't have to match those scholarships with women's sports because it's scholarships that Title IX is talking about. Well, yeah, you think that? Talk to a Title IX proponent, someone who out there who argues on behalf of Title IX, and guess what they'll tell you? Employees, the same thing as scholarships. I don't care. What they are, 
some of the most adamant Title IX <laughs> uh, proponents, what they want is dollar for dollar. If you spend $1 on a football team, you spend $1 on the softball team. If you give $1,000 to the quarterback, you give $1,000 to the starting shortstop on the softball team. That ain't going to happen, but that's the way they think, and that's the way they're arguing it. So when Lane Kiffin says, if you made them employees, it does solve the problem. It gives them contracts with football and basketball, men's basketball. But it would open up five to ten more problems on the other side. He's cutting it short. It would open up hundreds of other problems. <laughs> but, but here you have a sitting SEC head football coach goes to SEC media days. I don't know if it was in response to a question or if it was in a part of his monologue or what. But he says it. College football is a professional sport. It's interesting. We'll get in on the, some more of that. All right, over here on the text line, the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. The number to, to text, 885-3776-601 number. 885-3776. Or uh, an easier way to remember it is 885-ESPN. ResDog texts the show and says, MSU has been competitive with LSU over the last decade. What will it take for MSU to be competitive with Alabama? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I do... I absolutely do think that while there has been a massive overall, like, cumulative talent difference between Alabama's roster and places like Mississippi State. There ha it has been compounded at State because there has been an intimidation. I, I, I sensed it, wondered it, but I'm not in the locker room. Last year, the most honest guy we have ever had <laughs> uh, in terms of evaluating his own team in public was Mike Leach. Like, almost to a fault, would not sugarcoat it, right? Like you could argue there are times when it would have been better for Coach Leach over the years to when talking about one of his players or one of his teams to sugarcoat it public, publicly. He didn't, and he never would. And last year, he kind of put it out there after they played Alabama. Look, man, our, our guys are scared of Alabama. They play scared. They don't play. They practice one way, play one way against other teams. They play Alabama a whole different way. It's like we're scared of playing them. He was not just saying that to make him an excuse. Leach didn't do that sort of thing. He said it because that's what he was sensing. So some of that is that also. So it compounded the situation for State. Which, uh, I don't know how you get over that. I mean, it just takes a group of guys that maybe approach it differently. Maybe even, you know, a team that is a little more veteran and been through it some. And State's going to have one of those this year, and it can help to, to get you over the hump. And you said – Res dog about you know states being competitive with LSU over the years. Uh, recently, they have some certainly right, and you know, we can look, point to some scores. And of course, beat them in fourteen, beat them in seventeen. I think had a real shot to beat them in fifteen. Came up a field goal short. Had another shot a, another year or two. Uh, let's see, a couple of years ago in Starkville, yeah, you, you just kind of 
they basically just around for two quarters on offense and then got it going and they wasted too much time. Mm. But, too, you know, LSU, Alabama has been consistently at the top. LSU has had some great teams at the top, but they haven't been consistent. They've been very up and down, right? Like the 14 team that State went into Baton Rouge and beat, that team had some real issues for LSU, particularly at quarterback. Uh, the 17 team, I don't remember as much about that one. I'm trying to think back to it. That was not a terrible LSU team. They were certainly very talented, but they didn't have, you know, one of their better teams, obviously. But you're right. And and so you could find really any school in the country and look across their history, whether it's recent or broad, and go, well, here's this one team out here that they seem to struggle with, just has their number, and we've never been able to really explain that. Um, but – but but to your point, yeah, there's a I think there's really a mental gap that somehow they gotta they gotta make that thing up. Maybe it just happens with some guys, you know, your entire offensive line being veteran, everybody staying healthy by the time you play them. You know, catch them at home at the right time, play them good. Yeah, last um you know, real chance to beat them was 2017. Uh, and that was a heck of a ball game. One that in Starkville, that was a Nick Fitzgerald team, a Dan Mullen team in seventeen and State was really ready, you know, to play Alabama that that night, and um, and really took it to them physically, and had a great chance to win the game. Very close game. State led the game late until Jalen Hurts uh, on a third down threw a touchdown. You know, it was a very loaded Alabama team. Hurts at quarterback, uh, Devontae Smith, and a few other players on that team. And it was a game where there was a crucial call or two that, in the close game, really became glaring to hurt State's chances. That. You know, one huge play it gave Alabama a score and some of that stuff. But that's generally the case when you play them. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's just true, um, depending on who you are. So that's the last time. I mean, it's been a while, for sure. Tim texts the show on the Country Pleasing text line. He says, tell Lane to please come back from the ledge. Don't jump. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, funny. I it, I didn't take it that way, you know, and again, I'm not playing you the sound clip. I didn't watch it. I'm just reading the quote. Sometimes reading it, you don't get the nonverbal language and communication that goes along with it. But college football is a professional sport. I used to say they should be employees so they can have real contracts, but there are way more issues. That solves one problem, but then it opens up five or ten more. It makes me really curious to want to go find this clip of uh, Kiffin and see, you know, see what that's all about. Well, all right, back to the subject at hand and why um, I mentioned that in the title of the live stream. How could you not like Sam Pittman? Uh, And coming up in about four minutes from right now, I'm going to play you some clips, just a couple. They're they're not long. It's not a bunch of them, but a couple of examples. Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas, talked yesterday, and uh, he gave some thoughts about, the the problem that you have out here in college sports and particularly college football right now and how it's not just NIL, but it's compounded by the fact that it's NIL along with the wide-open transfer portal. So I'll give you that. And then somebody asked him about Mike Leach, particularly the, you know, specifically the question he got was, hey, with the passing of Mike Leach, are you, Sam Pittman at Arkansas now, the most interesting coach in college football. He kind of chuckled at that, but then he gave a very interesting answer. And I do want to tip my cap to uh, Hogjowl, who was on the show yesterday on the Country Pleasing text line. 
that gave me a heads up uh, that that was out there. I had not seen it. Uh, Hogjaw's an Arkansas fan. He's like, hey, you got to see what what Sam Pittman said about Coach Leach. So we'll do that. We're going to hear from K.J. Jefferson. I'll let you hear some of his Q&A yesterday as he sat down with reporters at Media Days. He is a Mississippi kid from Sardis, went to North Panola High School. And I really think a lot of him. A lot of people do too. And, and certainly their team was very different last year after he got hurt and couldn't play. And even after he got hurt and did try to play through it, they were still very different. You get a healthy K.J. Jefferson, he makes a huge difference for them. Let you hear some of the things that he said. And I think um, when you hear Jefferson's comments about what spring practice was like for him without Kendall Bryles, they had a new offense with Dan Enos and all this, I think you'll see how you can maybe, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but maybe draw a parallel between K.J. Jefferson towards the end of his career at Arkansas and like a Dak Prescott towards the end of his career at State. There's some similarities there. Maybe you can draw a parallel. We'll take a look at that. And a note from Saban. Why not? Huh? <laughs> That's all coming up. And right now, it looks like Josh Heupel of Tennessee, the head coach, is live on the big podium at SEC Media Days. Uh, I don't know if Kiffin's been up there yet or not. If he has or hasn't. One way or the other, we'll... We'll find that out, and I'll let you know. I'm Matt, just getting started with you on this Thursday. Your comments, texts, calls, everything else coming up. Stick around. Let's roll through it. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Thanks for tuning in. However, wherever in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. They are your home team. Don't forget to call or text. You can text me on the country, please, and text line at 885-3776. Or call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995 Five, nine. Lots of comments on the live stream. Let's hit them up and see what everybody's saying. Paul commented on Facebook. What's up, Paul? Look at that avatar. Or is that a, what do you call it, a profile picture? Avatar is an old term. Look at that profile pic. He's holding a big, large mouth. Looks like it's probably in that eight, seven, eight pound range. He's a nice one there, Paul. Speaking of hogs, that's a hog. Paul says, go hogs. Love hearing you talk to Quinn Grovey and Matt Zimmerman. Hey, well, Paul, you tell them that I, I don't do nearly, nearly as many interviews as I used to do because in recent years I, I found that I have to, we all do. Anybody that, like, if you played or if you're on the radio crew or if you do radio shows and stuff, we all get a lot of interview requests because there's so many shows and podcasts now that it kind of got out of hand. I started saying no or, or just not being able to. You know, I started declining a lot of the the request just because I couldn't do all that. I'd never get anything done of all of them. I love talking to Quinn Grovey and Matt Zimmerman. 
on the uh, Hogs Plus platform and podcast. Great guys. And Quinn, I haven't spent just a ton of time around Quinn over the years, but just enough to realize I would love to spend more time with Quinn Grove. He just seems like a really cool guy. So appreciate the comment. Uh, Cody said, glad to see your show is back on YouTube. Glad to be back on it. Uh, somebody said, I'm not going to lie, I do not know who Mississippi State's coach is. <laughs> well, how would you? He's only been a head coach one game. His name is Zach Arnett, and I really think he's a future star. Um, Blind Squirrel Sports commented. He's on the all-name team. He commented on YouTube. He said, I might be a dog. Talking about Georgia. He said, but I always have a lot of respect for Sam Pittman. He played a vital role in helping Kirby Smart elevate Georgia's program. He did, didn't he? He really did. There's a lot of respect there. Uh, both ways, and and I could see how the folks at Georgia really – I don't know how you could not like Sam Pittman, really. Uh, Paul, the Arkansas fan, said, if K.J. Jefferson was at LSU, Alabama, or Georgia, you'd be hearing all kinds of Heisman talk about him, and Rocket Sanders, for that matter. said, Sam Pittman has been very underrated on what he has done at Arkansas. Be, hey, and Paul, you know, that's the thing about it, too, that probably goes underappreciated. We, on the outside of Arkansas, we all look at Arkansas for what their potential is, and that is, you know, the only big school in a big state with lots of tradition and lots of history and a huge stadium and huge fan support, and we see what their potential is, but we can't forget that Sam Pittman took over an absolute mess of a football program a mess and and in a covid year mind you and then just immediately snapped his fingers and had him competitive and a lot of that was just strictly because of him and he did you know and he goes out in the staff that he hired Bryles and and barry odom on defense so yeah he probably is underappreciated because that was a mess that he that he uh took over all right, so let me show you what I'm talking about here and why I brought it up. How could you not like Sam Pittman? I'll start with the, the best part of it. He got a question. I mentioned it to you a minute ago, and the question was, hey, with the unfortunate passing of Mike Leach, do you, Sam Pittman, consider yourself to now be the, the most interesting coach in college football? Um, I think you're going to hear some of the question here as, as well, but uh, you'll hear his answer. Here's Sam Pittman passing of Mike Leach, uh, should we assume you've taken over the title of the college football's most colorful and entertaining ah. personality? Man, I couldn't be, I couldn't come close to him. Uh, we miss him, don't we? I mean, we do. A uh, lot of fun. Honest as a day is long, you know, and he's thought about a lot of his answers, some he didn't. You know, I'll say this, somebody asked me, you know, how did you know him well? I said, no. He said, well, you're going to the funeral. I said, I am because he'd be at mine. That's just what kind of guy he was. Always calm all the time. Uh, a lot of respect for him. Uh, we go to the Liberty Bowl, and the people at the Liberty Bowl can't quit talking about all the things that Mike Leach had said about me because they were Arkansas fans the year before. Um, Incredible man, and, uh, and and let's be honest, we miss him. The game will miss him as well. But I want to say this. Mississippi State got it right. When that happened, they hired Coach Arnett. He's the right hire for them. He's a good coach. And uh, we talk a lot, a lot about the other part of it, but I think Zach Arnett's going to do a heck of a job at Mississippi State. How about that comment? Yeah, see, so naturally endearing to me. He's talking about my coach in my school. But, 
You know, also, I just see a guy who he's got his feet on the ground. You know, it says a lot about a person's own particular self-esteem, self-confidence, when they don't have an issue being proud for somebody else or complimenting somebody else or even complimenting a competitor, right? You know, people that go around kind of trying to blow somebody else's candle out all the time usually are worried about the brightness of their own candle. (laughs) And so... I just like the guy. Uh, Bill commented over here on the Country Please and text line, Country Please and Sausage. I'm on some uh, jalapeno cheddar. I opened it up yesterday. Had it for breakfast again today. Bill said, I'll never forget one of Sam Pittman's postgame interviews last season after a win. They asked him what he was going to do, and he said, I think I'll go home and drink me an old cold beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I remember that one, too. (laughs) I remember that one, too. All right, more from, uh, more from Coach Pittman. Now, listen closely here, because I'm going to read you something afterwards. Listen closely to what Sam Pittman is going to say here in this comment from yesterday at SEC Media Days about the combination of name, image, and likeness with the wide-open transfer portal. House coming soon for sale. Now on Twitter, it's I'm getting ready to go in the transfer portal because the rules say you can't talk to them all this, so they're letting the world know they're getting ready to. I think they already know. I think a week is plenty of time. It's going to be a lot better for roster management. It's going to allow us to, if a guy goes in the portal, allow us to go back to high school and recruit. Right now, it's very, very hard if you lose a guy in the portal not to go replace him with a portal guy. So I think uh, closing that window down somewhat. Uh, If I'm a grad transfer and I've transferred once as a grad transfer, to me, that's that's plenty. To me, you can't go transfer again. Uh, uh, Some of those things, I think, would help roster management. NIL's part of NIL problem comes with the ability to transfer. And if we close that window down, uh, maybe uh, some of the financial things that you're hearing in NIL uh, might be uh, become more true than maybe just words. Now, what do you think about that? There was a lot there, and especially that last line from Pittman about if you close down on some of the wide-open transfer stuff that really isn't good for anybody, players or programs. You know, you, you keep it open to a degree. You just tighten the windows, but you also, you just can't, you can't go to five different schools in five years, at least not on NCAA scholarship stuff, right? So he's just saying not go back to what you had before, but tighten up this open transfer stuff. It's going to solve some stuff. But what he said was at the end, you hear that at the end? Then a lot of this financial stuff that we hear in NIL would actually have to come true and not just be words. And it almost struck me as, okay, this is a coach that's saying one of the major problems in the NIL space right now is promises being made, kids transfer, and then once they're there, and now the money doesn't come through. <laughs> they don't make good on a promise they made on the money part of it. You know, That's another way that I, and I hadn't thought about it that way. Okay. I just found it interesting because the other day I posted a video. It was actually last week on vacation. I had a video where I had some commentary on the porch of the place we were staying there on the 
on the beach, and uh, my mother-in-law was out there with me. She was kind of my audience, but I recorded it because it was some thoughts on the way things were going out there with NIL stuff. The reality of, we call it NIL. It's not NIL. It's not name, image, and likeness. It's straight-up pay-for-play. So it's kind of a lie what we call it. You know, y'all have heard me say that. And then the whole thing of where should the money come from. That's the big issue to me. I'm still disappointed. Nobody asks the coaches at Media Days that question. Hey, Coach, the money that's paid to your players, where should that money come from? Because nobody really wants to step out there on that ledge and say, it ought to come out of the pockets of the fans. Nobody really wants to say that, but that's the situation we've created. Anyhow, I was, I was you know, covering that. Well, one of the comments I got on that video on YouTube was from a guy named Rodney. And he said that he's a state fan. He's got a friend who's an Ole Miss fan. And they agree with each other on this, that the wide open transfer portal is the problem nobody talks about that really exacerbates the NIL problem. I thought it was very interesting. And he used the example in that comment. You can go to that YouTube video and, and look at the comments. And you can see an example he used like a Major League Baseball player. You take like this guy, De La Cruz, who's this sensation uh, for the Reds or Otani for the Angels. Well, if he wanted to, if it was college football, he'd just right now, right this minute, start taking offers from the Dodgers and Yankees and whoever the highest bidder is, that's who he'd play for next year. Problem is, in Major League Baseball, they have contracts. He's either got to be traded or play his contract out or, or something. Well, in football, we don't even have that. So Mike Leach was right in that it's a disaster. And those are actually Lane Kiffin's words as well. More on all of that coming up. Get your texts and comments in. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Foreign Bureau Insurance Studio, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspire. Lots of comments popping in all over the place here on the uh, live stream. I enjoyed uh, during the commercial break there, sipping on some coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany and reading the comments. <laughs> it's a good thing to do. Go to highpointroasters.com, get your coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, listen, I don't care where you live. It doesn't matter where you live. They will send it to you. Roasted right here in, in North Mississippi, not far from where I live, in New Albany. Dan and Sam and the fine folks at High Point Roasters. Go to highpointroasters.com. Lots of different flavors and blends from all over the world. It is fine coffee. You're going to love it. Get it. All right, there you go, highpointroasters.com. A um, couple of the comments that popped in here. I got a backup to. They were really coming through fast. Uh, Mason commented on Facebook, says, hope the homecoming queen's doing well. She's recovering from a really, really rough kidney stone experience this past weekend. She's not 100%, though, but, but thanks so much, Mason. He says, the family and I are in Mississippi getting ready for the Neshoba County Fair. Enjoy the show. Hey, speaking of that, Nick texts me on the country pleasing text line. Nick said, Sam Pittman sounds just like about every guy that I'm going to talk to on a porch at the fair this weekend. Just a good old boy at yeah, the Neshoba County Fair. 
Hey, Sam Pittman fit right in <laughs> at the uh, Neshoba County Fair for sure. Uh, Cody with a question on YouTube. And Cody, thank you. You're going to be my lead into this. I guess that's what it's called. Cody says, I am curious what Pittman and KJ do without Kendall Bryles. And it is Enos, right? They, they did go back and hire Dan Enos, who'd been there before. He was there under... Well, look, before I go too far down the road, why don't I make sure that this is the case? <laughs> He's at Arkansas, isn't he? Yes. And was there before under... Uh, Bielema left, went to go be the head coach somewhere, and now he's back as the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. It's a familiar place. I do remember when he was at Arkansas before, they had a big group of tight ends, and they really used a lot of tight ends in different ways, and it was pretty interesting. And so you say you're curious to know what Pittman and, and particularly K.J. Jefferson, the QB, are going to be like without Kendall Bryles, who's off to TCU now. Well, let's talk about that right now. Here is a portion, just kind of the earliest, you know, the first maybe three questions that K.J. Jefferson got yesterday. You know, what they do with players, they sit them down their own podium and everybody gathers around. So if you listen close, you'll kind of hear the questions. Each of these are about offenses, but, but you'll hear his answers, and it kind of gives you a clue what the questions were. He's really talking about, and you'll hear it, K.J. Jefferson says he's going to go through a little bit of a transition this year at quarterback for Arkansas. In the past, very much a dual threat and a big, strong runner. Plans to do less running. It's about staying healthy, and he's going to throw the ball down the field more, which will you know, get him ready potentially to be more of that uh, NFL type of quarterback where you're throwing the ball a little bit more. Does that sound familiar? We've heard that before. So let's get into it now. Here's K.J. Jefferson yesterday. Uh, remain healthy, uh, number one, and uh, also just put my teammates and my team in the best position to win each and every game. Going through spring practice with Dan, you know, how much is this offense going to change for you as a quarterback? Uh, your head coach, Sam Pittman, said that you're going to throw the ball more rather than run this season. Uh, it's going to develop me as a, uh, a passer, not a thrower, uh, as a quarterback, and uh, also just give me the freedom to uh, be able to just going to develop me for the next level, being able to have, when I say freedom is in, re-IDing the mic, changing protection, changing runs, uh, getting us in the best play at that particular time, depending on what the defense give us. As you learn the offense through the spring, just how excited are you Extremely excited. I mean, especially just passing the ball and not just running the ball so much. So taking that uh, running the ball workload off me, just being able to be a true quarterback and uh, just run when I have to. So I mean, I'm, I, this spring was extremely uh, a blessing for me. I embraced each and every day of it, and uh, it was extremely fun. What sort of challenges have any come learning this new scheme? Uh, challenges, I would say, main thing is. Um, Doing a lot of film work, just getting in, studying plays mentally. Uh, I think it's the mental part of it, and this offense is that's going to take a toll. Just being able to get in, do, uh, get in with coach, you know, meet, uh, film work, getting in with different coaching, uh, meeting in the coaching staff with the coaches and stuff like that. So. Uh, that environment going to be uh, fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just a, a great atmosphere to play college football in. So I'm looking forward to it and hope we come out victorious. Have you, have you had challenges with your instincts? I mean, if your instinct is to run, if it's been to run, has that been a challenge getting used to being a little more calm back there? Uh, a little bit, I mean, but 
at times it do get challenging because I mean you do want to take off running and just go get the first down, go get the touchdown. So it do, but at times where you know like for the next level is you gonna have to sit in that pocket, stay back there, and deliver a good ball. So just being able to train my body and train my mind to do what I wanted to do and knowing that I can do, I'm capable of doing it. So what do you think about K, KJ Jefferson, new offensive coordinator? Emphasis going to be different for him. He's been a tremendous dual threat, big, huge, strong arm guy, but so hard to tackle. Great athlete, great runner, tough as all get out, but really got beat up. Missed a game or two last year because of getting, you know, just kind of beaten up and all that stuff takes a toll on you over a couple of years. And now, senior year, he's going to transition, run it less, throw it more. Does any of that sound familiar? I, I made a comparison earlier, and it's not a direct comparison, but there are some similarities, okay? Let me give you some numbers. See if you can consume these numbers. Dak Prescott, 2014, as a junior. This is a year State spent time at number one, and you know he was really good. That's what put him on the scene. Prescott in 2014, and then you remember Dak his senior year in 2015, where he did not run the ball as much. He threw it down the field a ton more. They were much more of a pocket-passing spread offense team, and it got him drafted in the fourth round. Would have been higher had it not been for the off-field you know, uh, getting pulled over DUI thing in Starville. Listen to these numbers. From, from his junior year to his senior year, now this is under the same coach, Dak went from 200, I'm sorry, from 396 pass attempts the year before to 477 his senior year. So he went up, from junior to senior, went up 81 pass attempts and went down in that same junior to senior, went down in 50, exactly 50 rushing attempts. As a junior in 14, Dak had 210 rushing attempts. 2015, as a senior, same number of games, 13, he had 50 fewer, just 160 rushing attempts. He still had 10 rushing touchdowns that year as a senior, but 14 a year before. Difference in the numbers for Dak. You know, 2014, he went 61% for 3,400 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. His senior year, everything went up. He went up 81 attempts. He went up five points in completion percentage from 61 to 66. He went up almost 300 yards from 3,400 to 3,700. He went from 27 touchdowns to 29 and went down 11 interceptions to five. His senior year, he goes 3,700 yards, almost 38, 29 touchdowns, five picks, and the, and the rushing attempts went down. This is the same type of thing they're trying to do with K.J. Jefferson. The difference in the scenarios is he didn't have the same coach. This is with a new coach, okay, but a very experienced one. K.J. Jefferson, the last two years, throwing the ball, sophomore and junior, you know, I know COVID year in there, but we'll just call it sophomore, junior. Each year of the last two years, K.J. Jefferson has thrown for 2,600 yards. Almost 1,000 yards. Well, it is 1,000 yards fewer than what Dak Prescott threw at the end of his career at State. Touchdown interception, really good and similar. He was 21-4 two years ago. Last year, he was 24 touchdowns, five picks. He's been really good taking care of the ball. Didn't put it in the air as many times as Dak did either year of his career. About 1,000 fewer yards passing, a higher completion percentage, 67 to 68. But look at the rushing numbers, those same years. 
last year, in a year that he only played 11 games because he got banged up, Jefferson had 158 rushing attempts, which is as few as Dak had his last year. But you got to remember, K.J. Jefferson played in one fewer ball game. But for Jefferson... Two years ago, 600 yards rushing, six touchdowns. Last year, 600 yards rushing, nine touchdowns. The last two years, his numbers have almost been identical each year. But if you were to look at like what State Mullen did with Dak, okay, to transition him away from this kind of a ground-and-pound quarterback who can throw play action like crazy, still threw for over 3,000 yards as a junior, to as a senior, they dropped him by 50 rushing attempts. They upped him by 81 pass attempts. All his passing numbers went up. His rushing numbers went down. He did the same kind of thing with K.J. Jefferson this year. You know, you, you give him fewer 50 fewer rushing attempts this year than he had last year. He's had almost only 100 rushing t- attempts all year. So he'll have a few more than that. But passing, you give him 80 more passing attempts this year, K.J. Jefferson, than you did. Now you're getting him close to 300 pass attempts. He has not had a year yet as the starter well, I guess last year he had right at 300. But see, that's what I'm saying. You're getting him, I said 300, I meant 400. You're getting him close to 400 pass attempts, which is a whole new realm, and the offense for them would look totally different if those are the numbers. I think that's what they're going to try to do with him this year. Like the guy, big Mississippi kid from North Panola High School, pulling for him to do well, except for one ball game, and it'll be in Fayetteville this year. All right, hour one in the books, hour two coming up. We'll hear from Kiffin. Stick around. 